a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining me today for Let's Get Moving. Today we're going to be talking about effective communication. And with me is Dr. Liz Hale. And Dr. Liz, what is effective communication? Well, besides one of my favorite topics, Maria, right? (laughs) Effective communication is really the cornerstone of any long-lasting relationship. And yet, it's just not instinctive. Sometimes we think it should be, right? But, but words, I think, talking is the most dangerous thing that we do in our relationships. Too often the words become muddled and misinterpreted. But effective communication, I think you know you're spot on when it builds trust and respect in relationships, right? When everybody feels heard, understood, and respected. Right, if they're telling you that that's what's happening. You bet, you bet. It's a two-way Hopefully street, they are right? Telling you. Yes. Hopefully most people will tell us the truth <laughs> in right. our close circle. So what is the secret then to effectively mm-hmm. communicating? Well, let me ask you this question first, right? Okay. Think, think about the one person you're not getting along with very well. And just ask yourself this question. Who, who is more to blame for the problems the two of you are having? Now, the majority of us are going to say the other person, right? <laughs> it's his fault. It's it's her fault. This comes from studying cognitive interpersonal therapy, by the way, from Dr. David Burns. Mm-hmm. But here's what's amazing. When you're having trouble getting along with some, the entire conflict will always be embedded in any one brief exchange between the two of you. So you can actually really slow it down and examine and write down even in a relationship journal, okay, so what did he just say and what did I just say? And by turning on the spotlight on yourself, if you're willing to be uncomfortable, right, with that self-examination mm-hmm. process, it's quite exciting to change yourself. You and I have often heard, Maria, that you, can, you can't change anybody else but who? But ourselves, but for yourself. sure. But yourself, yes. And yet, can I just tell you that I beg to differ about that? Because let me say, I often tell my clients this example. Let's say that my husband, Ben, and I had a really nice evening out on our date night and we came home, and let's just say I got some bee in my bonnet where I wanted to send it to heck in a handbasket. Trust me, I can pretty much think of something to do or to say that would do that. <laughs> it would just ruin the whole night, mm-hmm. send it to the toilet. Now I can also, Maria, think of something to do or say that would keep it in that really beautiful trajectory into the next day. So I think I'm pretty powerful that way. I think we do have a lot more control than we ever give ourselves credit for. And I think it, it's all about thinking about what you're going to say and before you say it. Stopping and pause. Right. Instead yeah, of reacting. That's a good thought. Mm-hmm. There's, there's typically three painful truths about myself when I'm in conflict with someone else. 
just for our our listeners. Um, the first one is that this is this is really I get a front row seat in this all the time in marriage therapy, but we provoke the very problem we're complaining about. Believe it or not, we don't how realize do we we're do doing that. It. Yeah, how we do don't we do that? We're doing it. We become the victim and tell ourselves it's the other person's fault. Oh, it's powerful when you notice it in slow motion. The second painful truth about myself is I deny my role because that self-examination is so painful. I like my facade of innocence, you know, and I think we're secretly rewarded by the problem we're complaining for, but what, that we're complaining about. It's powerful to be a victim. And then the third painful truth about myself, I'm forgetting, just like I said in that example, I have the power to transform my relationships. We have more power than we realize when we stop blaming the other person and focus instead on changing ourselves. And I think probably um, acceptance is probably the most powerful change that any of us make. Accept the situation, accept that I have a role, accept the other person and their, their strong feelings. Believe it or not, the healing can happen far more quickly than you think. I've seen years of even bitterness and mistrust almost instantly disappear. But you have to be willing to work hard and experience the pain along the way, right? Right. So I've got three simple steps for listeners, for all of us to really remember. Mm -hmm. This is emblazoned in my mind, E-A-R. How do we listen? Through our ears. So think about E-A-R if you really want the three secrets of effective communication. The first one, E, stands for empathy. And I think perhaps more than any other technique or concept I've utilized, either personally or professionally, this disarming technique of empathy has changed my life. I bet I use it every day, and it never lets me down. But it's tough to learn because there's a little voice inside all of our heads that says, well, I shouldn't have to agree with him. There's no truth in what he's saying. I'm right. He's wrong. <laughs> Correct? Can you relate to that? Well, I think it maybe describes a lot of what we're going through in our society right now. <laughs> Indeed. That's right. If we listen to that voice and give in to the urge to defend ourselves, however, we're going to always get embroiled in conflict. So I try and remind myself, when someone is criticizing me, they're always telling me something important. And on some level, Maria, they are always right. My responsibility is just to listen carefully mm-hmm. to the valid part that person is trying to tell me. I don't want to miss it. It's tough to hear the criticism. I know it. I'm not going to dwell on the parts that are unfair or distorted. It's just it takes a skill. It's like an art form. I think it's a science and an art form both. When we can do this skillfully, it works miracles in our relationships. So A now is assertiveness. I think this uh, skillful listening requires a certain level of self-disclosure, right? So we, we come across real and without barding, bombarding the other person. How do you talk to someone who will listen, right? You disarm the person in the conversation. You be assertive. You say, oh, wow, this is painful feedback. But I can see where you're right. I do that. I do that. I, oh, that's hard for me to hear, but I, I get it. You're exactly right. And then R is respect. Respecting and affirming another person means you are kind. You express positive regard for the other person, no matter how you feel. And that, again, is really elevating all of us to a different level. You know, but think about this, Maria, too. We can't put someone down and expect them to love us in return, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's so obvious, but it's difficult to accept. We all want love and respect. 
But sometimes we don't want to give love and respect, (laughs) especially when we're at odds with someone else and feeling hurt and angry. But when we can treat other people with kindness and regard, respect, they're going to be far more flexible and responsible and responsive, rather, to our feelings and point of view. Just this past week, one of my clients said, but that sounds like manipulation. You're really manipulating people. And I said, well, let's look up the definition of manipulation, right? Mm -hmm. And it's to really um, handle something skillfully. So just like I talked about the example with my husband, Ben, I can handle that skillfully for better or for worse. You know, what you're talking about, uh, Dr. Liz, could just help us in so many different ways, not just in our personal relationships, but in our relationships with people on a social level, people we might not agree with on a number of different items. Oh, indeed. Yep, indeed. Empathy, assertiveness, and then respecting. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me give you an example. Let's say that um, your husband, Jack, let's say he did something that's that's really hurtful and... um, You kind of want to wring his neck even. So EAR, empathy, assertiveness, respect, has to happen all simultaneously. It's not in in any particular order. So every statement that comes out of my mouth has got to meet the EAR requirements, if you will, right? So you could say something like, gosh, Jack, I'm feeling so mad and so hurt right now that I'm about to burst. In fact, I I want to wring your neck a bit. (laughs) I want to wring your neck. At the same time, I can see that you are also feeling really annoyed with me and likely really hurt by me. I really love you, and it bothers me terribly when we fight. Can we talk about it? Can you tell me what else I've been doing that's been annoying you? Now, that statement was very clear, right? I was assertive, not aggressive, that I was mad. I haven't pulled any punches or faked how I felt, right, about or tried to be careful about preserving Jack's sense of self-esteem. You're not trying to put him down or humiliate him either. But he's probably not going to feel the need to battle with me because I've conveyed respect, haven't belittled him, and I haven't backed him up against the wall. Right. So we, we often have resistance, I think, to affirming and respecting someone else. And we'll say, I hear all the time, why should I have to respect my husband or my sister? Right? She's so hostile. Why doesn't she treat me with a little respect? <laughs> I think we can right. all identify we with that. We want to turn it around, mad. don't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't naturally want to express positive regard for the other person. It seems like it would just be infinitely more gratifying to tell her off. And to tell you the truth, it is gratifying, but only in the short run. Dr. Liz, this is such an important message uh, for folks who are going to holiday gatherings, and we know we can't gather in big groups, but sometimes even those closest to us don't agree with everything we say. And no. and so just if we can just keep these simple tips in mind when we're speaking to someone that, you know, might hurt our feelings and, and just have that empathy and assertiveness and respect, it can really turn things around and, and change the conversation. You bet it does. So just in closing, my greatest fear as a therapist came to fruition. I was probably, oh, I was working on something on the computer, probably 1130 at night, and I looked down and this text came in from someone, a husband I'd worked with, I'd worked with he and his wife, a couple of years before, hadn't heard from them um, for a while, but the worst thing anyone could have said to me was, came realized, and he said, you're a terrible marriage therapist. And I thought, there it is. That's the worst, darkest thing anyone could ever say to me. And then he went on and told me a, a bit more. And um, I'm so glad that I was able, I didn't do this perfectly, Maria, don't get me wrong, 
But I'm so glad I had a little bit of an ability to do the ear because why I would have missed what he was really trying to tell me. I would have thought he meant I was a terrible marriage therapist because he and his wife divorced. And that wasn't it. He's actually happier than he's ever been before. But let me tell you a little bit how, how EAR looked, all right? Mm-hmm. And again, remember, it has to happen simultaneously. Not, it's not methodical, um, not in order. Here we go. So when I first responded, and he wouldn't talk to me, so it was all, unfortunately, via text. But the next, you know, next second best thing, I said, wow, I'll call him Sam. Sam and Susie, I'm, I think I said something like, I'm a little taken back. I can, you are really angry with me. And I imagine you're not only feeling angry with me, this is under empathy again, but you're likely feeling disappointed, maybe even ripped off and frustrated that I was such a terrible marriage therapist. And you might even thought, what a waste of time and money. You might even be thinking, gosh, maybe I should ask for my money back since you put your trust in me for so many sessions. So that's a, an example of empathy, right? I imagine what he's thinking and feeling in addition to what he wrote then assertiveness would be my feelings. I feel awful. So it's often I feel statements. I feel awful about letting you and Susie down, Sam. Um, actually, there's many areas of my life I fall short in, not just this one. But I do remember our sessions well, and I really enjoyed you and Susie. I was honored to be a witness to some really painful experiences in your marriage. I can attest how hard you two tried. So other I feel statements might, might be, I believe you when you say I failed you. And just so I don't misunderstand, would you please tell me more about where I failed you? If you could just shine a little bit of light on this, maybe I could do a better job for other couples, even though I know it's too late for you and Susie, you know, for me to make changes. And then respect would look like something um, like I, I care about you. And Susie and your beautiful family, I admire how courageous it was for you to reach out tonight. Because, again, without inquiry, I would have thought that Sam was angry because they divorced. Mm-hmm. When I found out it wasn't the divorce, it turned out that I called to check on Susie more than I called to check on Sam. What? <laughs> yeah, and that was really painful for him. Oh. And he said to me, you know, men have feelings, too. So apparently every time I picked up the phone and called Susie, she would say to Sam, well, Dr. Liz called and checked on me today, <laughs> and I think it just fueled the fire a little bit, almost as if I were saying, I like you better, Susie, than Sam. Oh. And so I bet I really appreciate that feedback because he's right. I did do that. I did do that. It wasn't that I didn't care about Sam. Sometimes I just am a little lazy, and I will call one party to check on both of them right? Mm-hmm. But it can come across that I, I prefer one over the other. So I really did appreciate that, that insight. He was really right. And I've been more mindful going forward. For any listeners who want to know more, I've got a favorite book. This book is so much my favorite. It's right next to my Bible on my nightstand. Oh. <laughs> and it's uh, by Dr. David Burns, and it's called Feeling Good Together. You can go more in depth about ear and really see the miracles in your relationships for yourself. Dr. Liz, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, such a pleasure. We'll talk again soon. Bye, Maria. Bye-bye. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. 
and I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.